Good morning, Harvest Point. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody good? Y'all had coffee? Donuts? See? Comieron, se comieron un sandwich. See? No sandwich? No tacos? All right, Jonathan, I did my piece. Now can I preach? All right. Oh, man, what a, what a joy it is to be here this morning. I mean, every, time, every opportunity that I have uh, to be at Harvest Point on a, mon- on a, on a Monday, it, it, I'll be here by myself, on a, on a Sunday morning, it's really a, a, a joy and a blessing. And yesterday, when I was going through my sermon notes and, and um, getting ready to share uh, today's word, it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, after 12 years, I can't believe this is happening. But at the same time, I say, you know what? I serve a God that's in control and closes a door, opens another one. We have opportunities because our passion is to connect people with Jesus Christ because this is all about the kingdom of God. Amen. I want to share share, um, a scripture. But before that, I want to point out that when we started La Gran Cosecha back in 2009, I didn't see her when, when, when... when we're talking here, but my daughter Stephanie, my firstborn, she's way in the back. Go ahead, baby, wave so people can see you. And she started, she, she started this ministry with, she was my go-to person. She took one for the team, and she was my, you know, she was like that, that Velcro in my rib, you know. Now, thank God for Omar, who's her husband, snatched her away from me, and now, you know, she's happily married, and I'm so blessed that they're both here with us today. And, and then after that, you know, we'll, we'll go have dinner. How about that, okay? Good, good. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, I want to share God's word. And um, if you have your Bibles, if you don't, I'm sure it'll be on the screen. And I'm going to read this passage, which spoke to my heart as, uh, as I was studying it. And I pray that it speaks to yours as well. And the word of God says, boasting about tomorrow is the, is the title on the, on the scripture. And it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Let me pray for this word. Father God, I'm so humble this morning, and I'm thankful for the opportunity that you've given us to be here this morning, to share your word, to listen to some great praise that we give to you, some worship time, praying that you, as you're in your throne, Lord, that knowing that you have a smile in your face because your children are gathered together today, celebrating the victory that we have through Jesus Christ. Father, you've given me this word to share this morning, and I want to preach it with excellence. I want to preach it with every, every aspect, every, every power that you give me, Lord. I want, to, I want to honor you with the word, Father, but I pray, Lord, that it is your Holy Spirit who speaks to us. 
and let it not be me. Father, come and take my place. Father, and speak to us collectively. Let this word be a blessing to somebody today, Father. And let us leave this place not as we came in, but full of joy, full of your grace, full of your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, this word that, that I just shared, it's James, there was a group of Jewish Christians that, that James addressed a warning to. Now, these guys were experts in business. They were business people, especially their, their, their main goal was the international business because that's where the money was. The problem was that they would make plans according to their abilities autosufficiency, and total independency. Now, where was God in all this? The title of today's message is On the Sideline. As we were reading the passage on verse 13, I like to, one of the things that I've been taught, see, one, I'm going to say a pastoral confession. Can I do that? The only book I used to read were the Archie comics. Double digest. We used to collect them, and we used to, you know, we used to uh, swap them with families, you know, of course, because I'm, a, I'm a, always a slow reader, then, you know, people would have to wait for me to be done, so then they can have a new, so it was just a long story. But anyway, the point being that I didn't like to read. But the thing was that when I started, when I got saved and I started getting engaged in God's Word, you know, at the beginning, as most of you know, we were like, man, this is so gibberish. I cannot understand this. But one of the things that, that my grandfather taught me, he said this. He said, listen, it is better for you to read one verse, chew it, live it, make it your own, than to read a whole chapter and then tomorrow, in the next five or ten minutes, you forget what you read. So I took that at heart. So when I started, when every time I read the scripture, I go verse by verse, I chew it, I, 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 I think about it, and I start thinking about, okay, Lord, what does this, how does this apply to the now? And as I was reading this story, and in verse 13, where it says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city. In other words, what, what was being said was like, okay, listen, guys, this is what we're going to be doing. Tomorrow, we're going to choose a city. It could be either or. It could be one or the other. And we are going to go and we are going to carry our business, we're going to make money, and we're going to stay there for about a year, and then we'll see what happens next. We've seen those plans before. We've heard those before in our own lives. Okay, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do, and this is what, how it's going to benefit us. Now, I like it when a plan comes where I'm going to be benefited. Now, don't you tell me you don't either, right? No, no, no. I don't think about me first. Yeah, right. So, there were five things that, that, that spoke to me, and there's five keys that spoke to me about the attitude of these people. Number one, they, first of all, chose their own time. They chose their own time. Number two, they chose their own place. Number three, they chose their own time frame. Number four, they chose their own events. And number five, they chose their own benefits. 
Now, these were people that were so used to having their own control, living their own agenda, without involving the Lord in anything that had to do with their business. They wouldn't plan their next journey. They would plan their next journey with or without God. It was whatever mechanism they had in their own mind, that's what we were going to do. They were planning on, on living their lives as, as, if, as if God was not even important or sometimes as if he didn't even exist. Now, how many times you and I have acted the same way? Now, be honest to yourself. How many times you and I have acted the same way? How many times have we put God to the sideline and, and, or to the back seat and us take control? A lot of times we plan our own agenda, we plan our own lives without even realizing that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us, but we put that on the back burner because we want to follow our own agenda, we want to follow our own business, we want to follow our own stuff. And then when God is going to talk to you and start changing the course of your plan, we kind of ignore it. And we say, this is not... This is not for me. Verse 14, now this is where it gets interesting because what James is speaking, he says, why you not even know what will happen tomorrow, what is going to happen to your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes it. Now, there was a saying that I, that I use a lot, and I've used it. Uh, maybe you've heard me say it, maybe not. Maybe this will be the first time, or maybe you've heard it before. But there's two days in the year that you have no control over, two days of a year that you have no control, which are yesterday and tomorrow. We have no control over yesterday because yesterday already passed. Whatever you did, whether it be bad or good, it already took place, and we cannot take it back. So we, can't, we cannot control yesterday. Tomorrow, we can't control tomorrow because tomorrow is never promised. We are not guaranteed that we can see the next day. And let me tell you guys something. I have learned this for the last couple of months of 2017. I've lost so many loved ones that I have, that I have learned that I have to live each and every moment like if it was my last each and every second, like if it was my last. Each and every minute, like if it was my last. Because I do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. But if something were to happen to me tomorrow, I know where I'm going. Because my life is not going to depend on my earthly riches, but my heavenly riches. This is what Jesus put our focus on. So what's most important to me while I am here and I am breathing is to do my job and connect people with Jesus Christ. Isn't God good? Amen. I remember there was, I shared a joke at church, and it was, a, it, was, it was actually a church setting, and the preacher was preaching about salvation and assurance of people going to heaven, and he would say, all right, now this was a, this was a Latin church. Now, us Latinos, we're kind of loud, you know, you know. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. We, especially Puerto Ricans, let me tell you, Puerto Ricans, we celebrate. Listen, Puerto Ricans, we find any excuse to celebrate. 
The mayor from my city, he has birthdays four times a year. He closes, he does a block party, and that's it. it it's, a, it's a party going on with our taxes. But anyway, that's beyond the, you know, that's beyond the point. But the thing was that in the, in the message, he was saying, all right, if you are saved, say amen. And the whole church was saying, amen. You heard, woo, you know, everybody's going at it. So if you die right now, you have insurance to go to heaven. Raise your hand. Everybody raising their hands. Then he says, okay, close your eyes. Close your eyes. He pulls a feather. And he says, okay, now I'm going to blow this feather. And whoever this feather falls upon will be going to heaven today. So he blows the feather. So the feather's going. And people are praying. And the feather's going. And it was going to fall on top of one guy. And he looks. He blows it out. So it's going to the next, going to the next, and the next one, going out. It was going at it. The feather fell outside of the church. And that's what happens, you know. We say, yes, amen, we're going to heaven, but we don't want to go right now. I love the fact that, he, that James make a he makes the comparison, and he says, of a miss that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, why would he say something like that? I think because this is how life works. Today we are here, but tomorrow God will change the course of the action. He can change the course of the action. Sixteen years ago, my wife Angie and I were sitting in the porch of my house in Puerto Rico. We didn't own the house. We didn't own our car. We didn't have a job, but that's beyond the point. But we was looking at each other, and we were saying, you know, we were fresh. We were on our fifth year of ministry, and I tell Angie, you know what? I think we're going to die here. I don't think we're ever going to move here. You know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I was in my comfort zone, you know, full of Puerto Ricans with my same culture. I know these people. But there I am, talking my agenda, and here is God cracking up, saying, yeah, buddy, hold on a second. <laughs> Two weeks later, I get a visit. This guy's saying, you know what? God has so much for you, but you're not going to spread your wings here. You have to leave. And as we prayed about it, and God gave us a green light, 16 years later, here I am. God is good. I never thought that I was going to visit. I didn't even know about Georgia. I didn't know the existence of Georgia. My neck of the woods in the States was New York, Maryland, Puerto Rico. That's it. And I was spoiled that way because, you know, sometimes we have a plan and God will change it. And when he changes it, he will provide every single thing that you need for you to continue the journey that he is placing you on. Now, today we are here. Tomorrow we are not, whether it's that God is changing the course of the direction or because of the fact that he just is calling us home, and that's where our goal is supposed to be. I tell you what, I can't wait to go to heaven. I want to see those pearly gates. I want to see the face of Jesus, the Jesus that loved me so much that died for me, the Jesus that I love so much that I, that I want to connect with him every single day. See, if God is not involved in our every steps, then our steps are empty with no sense of direction. We can make plans. We can make plans all day. 
but it's his agenda that we need to follow. See, because I, if I have my own agenda, what God wants is for my agenda to close and to open God's agenda because it's his plan, it's his purpose, and I'm his. Verse 15, verse 15 says, Instead you ought to say, if the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. That's our, li- that's our life's condition. You know, that's one thing that I learned in the beginning of my Christianity. Now I have, my grandparents are still alive, thank God, and, and they are the most sweetest people I have ever met most godliest people. My grandmother is a prayer warrior. I mean, she has calluses in her knees because she's always in her, on her knees just praying. And a powerful, she won't speak much, but she will pray. And when that woman prays, things happen. So I listen to her advice every time she teaches me something with her sweetness. You know, she's, she's, she's one of these, it's, it's like these, you know, like these Italian mothers, you know, you go to their house and everything is about the food. That's her. She's very sweet very sweet. And she taught me one day when I was talking to her and I was saying, well, grandma, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to, next week I'm going to go to such place and I'm going to do this and that. And then she says, no, son, you're supposed to say, if the Lord allows, then I'll go next week and last. And what a true statement, because if God doesn't allow it to happen, or God doesn't want it to happen, and I make it happen anyway, then I am walking in disobedience. But when God allows it to happen, and I'm walking through what God is allowing me to do, then I am in the land of obedience. And when I am obedient to the Lord, His provision and His faithfulness will manifest in my life. When I'm disobedient, and when I'm walking in disobedience, or we're walking in disobedience, then His blessings are absent. And we are experts when we are not even listening to the Lord and we are following our own agenda and things happen to us, then we'll stand here and we start questioning the Lord. God, what happened? We, we do the uh, WH questions like they say at school. You know, we do all the WH questions to the Lord. Why, why, why? Why did you allow this to happen rather than saying, you know what, I really got this coming to me. It's our lives' conditions because God is who is in control. He controls our lives. He controls our steps. He controls every detail of everything that happens with us. In verse 16 and 17, says, as it is, is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. I want to finish with this story. I want to finish with this story which happened to us back in, I want to say September. In September... My family and I had the opportunity to, to go to Buffalo. We visited Buffalo, New York, and we had um, the opportunity to go preach at a youth group at, at a church where my cousin is the pastor. He's a youth pastor. And 
one of the things that I sh that we experience, of course, if you go to Buffalo, then you want to go to Niagara Falls. So we went to Niagara Falls, and in Niagara Falls, you know, as we were having a good time, we come outside. My son, AJ, is 10 years old. And one of the things that I've always taught my children was whenever we leave the house, whenever we leave here, even though we're going to have a good time, I want you to have your eyes and your ears open because you never know who needs a blessing from us. And my son takes these things at heart. And I remember when we went to Niagara Falls, as we were having a good time, my son comes out, and he started looking at this man who had a piece of cardboard and, you know, one of those out of luck, out of work, hungry, anything helps, God bless you. So we're walking out, and my son spots this man, and he says, he looks at me and he says, Dad, there's a man over there that's hungry. And I looked at him, and, and I looked at him and I said, so what do you want to do? And he says, he says, Dad, we are Christian people, and we need to do the right thing. I said, great. You see, because I could have told my son, no, son, you know, he, he just wants money for drugs, and, you know, he's, you know, he's probably not going to use it right, so we're not going to waste our hard-earned money for that. You know, I've learned that that's not my problem. That's not my problem. The Bible says that if he is hungry, I need to feed him. Jesus said, if you love my sheep, you know, he asked Peter in three occasions, Peter, do you love me? Peter said yes. He got it out the way. He said a second time, oh, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. A third time, Peter, Simon, do you love me? And I know that Peter sensed the tone and said, wait a minute, is there something, there's something coming after this. He says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, if you love me, you feed my sheep. How can I say that I love a God that sent his son to die for me, and I'm ignoring the people that needs a blessing today. And how am I going to look in my son's eye and say, son, we are Christian people, and I'm not setting the right tone to my children about what to do or what not to do when somebody is in need. So my son comes up to me and he says, dad, um, we're Christian people. We need to do the right thing. And I said, you're right. You're right. So what do you want to do? He said, well, let's give him some money. Sure. How much you want to give him? Wasn't his money. He says, he says, Dad, let's give him $10. Couldn't be three or five. He just went, oh, 10 bucks. A little bit scared when I asked him. So I gave him a $10 bill. And I told my son this. I said, all right, I'm going to walk you to this point. From there, you're going to go. You're going to give him the best smile. You're going to give him the money, and you're going to say, God bless you today. Because, son, it's not about giving him the money. It's about speaking a blessing over his life. 
when you bless him, you speak a blessing over his life that the floodgates of heaven will open and blessings will pour down this man. My son went and I was looking at him. My heart was just racing with joy and my son goes, gives him the biggest smile, gives the man his $10, says, God bless you. And that the look in this man's face was priceless. My son is hopping back. You know, he was so satisfied of what he did. We gave each other high fives and we went on. Then we went to a mall right there after the falls. We went to a mall in Buffalo. Now, if you're a Rodriguez, the rule of thumb is that when you go to a mall, you have to stop at the food court. That's a rule. We go in through the food court. And as we walked in, you know, and we, got, we grabbed our food and we sat down, we started eating. I noticed, I was looking through the corner of my eye, and my son had this look in his face like if he was feeling guilty because he was eating. You know that when he wants, he's heartbroken and he wants to cry, the chin starts shaking and all that stuff? And I looked at him and I said, son, what's wrong? He was thinking in that man. He said, dad, I'm, I'm so, I don't know when this man is going to eat again. I mean, I, I'm, I'm here I am with this food and I don't know what, when is he going to eat again? And I told my son, I said, I said, AJ, it's okay. You see, you spoke a blessing in the life of this man. This is why it's so important, not only just to give him the money, it's to speak the blessing. God is controlling his life. God is going to provide with what you gave him. He is eating right now. So don't feel guilty, please. Please trust the Lord that God is going to do it, and he's going to do it well. And I want to close with these two things. See, we have, there's two ways of doing things. See, we can keep God on the sideline and continue with our arrogant schemes, as the Bible points it out, or we gave it all, we give it all to God. And, now when, I, and when I say all, I mean all, everything including our own lives. When God called us to ministry, when, I, when God called us to ministry, I knew, first of all, when I became a Christian, I didn't want to be a pastor. I said, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna go through, through all that stuff. I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna go through the sidelines, you know, I wanna, I wanna I want to be the backstage guy, you know. I can help from behind the scenes. There goes God cracking up again. He had another thing for me. So when, when I said yes to the Lord, I promised God that I will go wherever he needs me to go, wherever he sends me to go. And, and knowing that after 12 years, my time in Harvest Point is, is coming close to, to say, see you later, or see you on Facebook, or see you on YouTube, which by the way, every morning, every morning, God has, God has allowed me to share a short devotional. Every morning, you'll find it on YouTube. 
You go to YouTube and look for Minutes with Pastor Jose, and you'll find a 7 to 10 minute devotion to bless your heart, and you can share it forward. Why? Because there's a lot of people out there that they don't know Jesus. And technology, hey, I'm not going to use it for garbage. I'm going to use it to bring God glory. So as my time here at Harvest Point comes to, uh, to an end as, as a staff member, I just want to again say how blessed these 12 years, how, what, a, what a blessing these 12 years have been. I've seen a lot of new faces that I haven't seen when I was doing the conga thing. But let me tell you, for those that I have not met, you are at the right place and you came at the right time. Whatever season God allows you to be, wherever you are, walk in obedience. Serve the Lord with all your passion. The gifts that he's given you, whatever that is, use it to bring glory to the Lord. I thank God for the family that he has given me. My wife and my children are hands-on in, in ministry. And I also thank God for all of you, those friends that we've made in the Latino congregation. You know, I'm so blessed to have Orlando and, and Omira with us. They've been, they've been since the beginning. Now they'll be in the receiving and coming summer. They need it. Pray for them. For Annie, Danny. I remember Samantha. Samantha, I did a Bible study with Samantha in my arms. Now she's just a grown, beautiful young woman. Not that I'm getting old. God bless you, Harvest Point. God bless you. I love you. And I'll see you in social media. Let's, let's pray. Lord, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the, the wonderful experience that I that you've allowed me to have in this house. I came here broken. I came here kind of confused and not knowing what was next. Lord, you have allowed me to, to reassure myself that this is your plan and this is your work. I have promised you, and I want to keep that promise, that whatever you allow me to do, I will do it with excellence because you are a God of excellence. I have no, I have no regrets. The only regret I have, Lord, is not to know you sooner, but you saved me at the right place and at the right time. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this wonderful body. I thank you for Jonathan and Emily. Lord, they are the leaders of Harvest Point. They are who you have raised them to be, Lord. They are, Father God, the shepherds of this flock. And I thank you for each staff member, for each leader, each ministry, Father. And I just pray over this church that the continuance of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit will, will continue in this place, Lord. I love you. 
In Christ's name I pray. Amen.